Hello and welcome to another episode of the Theo Keeps Talking podcast, where you may laugh or you may learn, available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. My name is Theo. And the most important question of the day, how are you all doing? Last episode, I had my future cousin-in-law, master designer, Ryan on. We talked about family, golf, sports, designing, mental health, all that. It was a blast. And check that out when you get a chance. Today is a celebration of something I literally never thought would happen. It is the podcast's one-year anniversary. Kinda. My first ever episode was actually on March 1st, 2020, but hey, better late than never. For the recommendation section today, start with the music. We got Burn by Philippa Sue, How Far I'll Go by Ali'i Cravayo, Slow Dancing in the Dark by Joji again, and I need to preface this next one. I like the first two minutes and 16 seconds of Streets by Doja Cat. (laughs) First two minutes and 16 seconds. I literally turned the song off every single time before that next part happens. Just putting that out there. Got some shows. This is more or less an update to what I said last episode. Uh, I watched Formula One Drive to Survive Season 3. It was fantastic as always. The Bahrain Grand Prix was Grand Prix was last week, so they all tied together really well. I finished Last Chance You Basketball Edition. It was so good. It was so good. Attack on Titan wrapped up the first half of season four, to which I might add, Attack on Titan might just be the most complete show I've ever watched. It's it's beyond good. Jujutsu Kaisen wrapped up their first season off to a sensational start. I started this new show on Amazon Prime Video called Invincible, and it's really, really good so far. Uh, I can't really tell you why. That's <laughs> kind of baked into how good it is, but uh, it's an animated superhero show. A lot of good actors and actresses in it. Uh, There's only three episodes out right now. There might be four uh, by tonight, but it is sensational. So check that out when you get a chance. Today, wow. I mean, here we are a year later. And if if you've listened to me before, you've heard me say this a million times, but I'm going to be reflecting on the moments and the episodes and the thoughts and all that over the past year. Uh, I just feel like slowing down and understanding where you are, no matter how you got here, and acknowledging all the highs and lows is super important. Uh, And you never want to lose sight of the moment. So today, I'm going to do that for this podcast. So it's kind of a year, and it kind of isn't. Um, I posted the first ever episode on, I, I do believe it was March 21st of 2020, which is crazy. Like it, I mean, everyone's like, oh my God, time's flying. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It came out, oh, March 21st, 2020. And I went for four or so weeks, and then I took like four months off. Then I came back swinging, and here we are. Uh, and just like the a lot of here's some lessons learned. I just gathered from the creative process, so to speak. It's okay to just start. You know, no nobody's first anything is perfect. Um, something that's kind of embarrassing but funny. I don't do many things you could consider public work or anything like that. Not much of the stuff I do is out there for people to observe, right? I don't paint. I don't dance or compete in the arts or I don't really create content like that, like YouTube videos or anything. But something that's hilarious is how one of the worst things I've ever created in terms of quality is now my third most viewed con- like 
piece of content technically. <laughs> so my podcast has analytics and I'm not too deep into them. Like I'm a numbers guy, but this podcast is for me. If nobody listened, that's fine. If everybody listened, that's fine too. But I can see the numbers of who listened to what episodes and all that. So my most publicly viewed anything is a TED talk that I gave. Um, and that's on YouTube. So that's in its own category. But my first pop, my most popular podcast episode to date is the cost of life ep- life episode, which is the one where I literally told everyone on Instagram, hey, by the way, I have a podcast now, you know, like it was me telling people, hey, I do this. I've been doing this for a little bit. Now I kind of want you to know, too. Right. Um, and that episode was really just me being a nerd. But the my second most listened to podcast episode. So my third most overall consumed content is the intro. Guys, if you're listening to this one now and you've also listened to the intro, you know the difference. <laughs> but oh my god, like uh I I in preparation for this episode, really just taking it all in. I re-listened to that intro and oh, what is even happening in it? I I sound like I'm trying to be a host on a late night R&B and jazz radio station. You know what I'm saying? Like I sound like I'm trying to welcome you to the quiet storm. You know what I'm saying? Like uh it just you know um what Drake song is that? Uh is it Final Fantasy? I think that's it. I think I think that's it. Let me you know what? Let's look it up. Active, active search. Scorpion album. It's on the B side. I know that's for sure. Um, It's After Dark. After Dark, Drake, Ty Dolla Sign. At the very end. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to the part. At the end of the song, that's what I sound like. Uh, Or at least what I'm trying to do. And I'm just thinking, what is the point here? What am I doing you know, I, I remember I recorded that at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I didn't know how my microphone really worked. I didn't know how to balance out the sound or anything like that. I mean, I sound so quiet. I didn't even have it up an intro. And I mean, I could barely make it through the first 30 seconds without just dying. Just like, please, someone, someone end this right now. <laughs> and I also had really bad vocal fry. If you if you don't know what vocal fry is, it's like when you're saying and all your words go like that at the end, right? I sound like that. And somebody save me, <laughs> please, right? And, you know, I just think that it, it's so interesting because I didn't even make a intro or recommendation section of what I was doing, like formally into the intro of the podcast for a while. So, I mean, I didn't even promote the podcast until like episode seven, like, and I think a maximum of four people total knew I had a podcast before I mentioned it on my Instagram, you know, uh, and thank God I didn't. <laughs> nobody, nobody needed to hear that intro live because if I had told people, hey, here's my first episode when that was it. Oh, nobody would have come back. Like, what's the point? I sounded like that. Ugh, please, somebody save that dude. He needs some milk. <laughs> All right. So past episodes and all that i i've done some other reflections like i would say legitimately i listened to the first episode and then it it was rough i listened to the second one and the second one was better like i sound a little bit better a little more cohesive with my thoughts and uh understanding my like the sound a little bit better it's a little bit louder and then it kind of gets better and better and better over time um i feel like i really started taking off like in the direction I wanted to was like when I was doing like the race in America series where I was like, okay, perhaps more than two people will listen to this. So let's really make this sound good, be good. Right. Um, and then I might as well just transition into that. So just reflecting on everything in the year, uh, let's talk about racism just in general 
how much I learned by doing that series. I would say that just in general, if you asked me racism, this was not a completely unilateral experience for white people. I learned a lot about racism too. I learned that it it's so so much deeper than there was slavery, then there was reconstruction, there was the great depression, there was the civil rights movement, and then there was George Floyd, right? I understand that there's so much more and how it would take a successive series of decades of legislation and public understanding to fix what happened. Think of it this way. Slavery, it started in six, in the 1600s, 1609, 1610, 1611, something like that. 16, early 1600s, 1619, there we go. Slavery as an institution, uh, meaning what European countries going to Africa, stealing our ancestors and bringing them to like places like Brazil, Latin America, and what would eventually be the United States. Slavery has existed as in that format longer than it hasn't, if you really think about it. Um, if you just do, it's really quick maths. We'll just say, we'll just cut everything off at Juneteenth, basically, right? So if you do it, 1865 minus 1619, because that's when it started, is 246 years, right? But 2021 minus 1865 is 156 years. So slavery as a legal institution, at the very least, the legal enslavement and restriction of any free will, economic freedom, social status, or anything like that, what the legal captivity of other human beings and mistreatment of other human beings has lasted almost a hundred years longer than it hasn't lasted. So when you have a situation where people are just saying, oh, it's so long ago, you would need the only the only counter to something being so long ago is when you have rapid development to counter it in the shorter amount of time. Right. It's it, and it and it's not. And it's not going to happen. I, I feel comfortable saying that. It's not going to happen. If it hasn't happened yet, why would it happen in the future? If we're looking at a situation where I did an entire episode based on the racial wealth gap, and I did it kind of a follow-up episode talking about unpaid internships, right? Where I understand that there are people who are afraid of things like socialism, they're afraid of things be basically being more equal for more people because like that's a scary mindset but if you look at how many aspects of american society um ec economics and all of those things negatively impact people you see that a lot of it's based in race and in class. And if you purposefully dislike a race, you'll put them in the lowest class. It's pretty straightforward. You, it, There's no other way of describing how you feel about people than to legally make them unable to vote for what they want. I mean... Look at just look at the state of Georgia. They're still actively trying to make it so that it's harder to vote. 
That is that not crazy to you? It's 2021. 2021. The state of Georgia, home to Atlanta, is still actively trying to make it harder to vote. And that's it's just such a straightforward problem. They understand that the more the the people in charge understand the more you get minority people to vote, the more likely that the people in power will lose. I mean, that's just on the political side. That means if they stay in power, they won't pass things that minority residents of Georgia need. They don't get them. And it's harder for them to, say, get jobs, get health care, adequate transportation, adequate, adequate education. So if someone has those factors going against them, how did they succeed? Versus the top percentage of people. I mean, their kids are born into a trust fund. Their kids are born in a really nice environment where they don't ever have to think about what they're going to eat the next day. Or they don't have to think about whether they're going to go to college or not. They can choose whether or not they want to and still have money. And that was a crazy realization I had. Learning that, man, people have fought harder for what I want right now than I have. And we're still nowhere near where we need to be. Watching that video that Derek Chauvin's on trial right now and we all watch that video and that there's still a chance he won't be indicted. There's still a chance. And I know you like you're like how we saw it. Well, this is the most clear as day one, but there's been there's probably been plenty that went just like that we didn't see, and they and the police responsible didn't get charged. Plenty. I wouldn't be surprised. I would be hurt. I'd be very unhappy. But I wouldn't be surprised. That's how this country is. Well, why don't you just leave, Theo? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I was stolen from the country I'm from, technically. My ancestors were. Therefore, I only know America. Of course I'm going to stay. I can hate it and love it, but I'm still going to stay. What? I, <laughs> you think I have the assets to pick up and go somewhere else? That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. One of the things that I... I noticed was in 2015, 2016, that range of time, how, how many things are tied to race and class? They we're going to, we're going to do them both race and class that someone peacefully protesting is inherently against the nature of the country so much so that people will get very, very angry about it. And even though that person said, I shall consult someone who like was in the military, received one of the highest distinctions ever on how I should protest what I want to protest, while getting people to notice what I am protesting about so we can talk about what it needs to change. That he took that direct solicited advice and people still hate this man because he's pointing out something. Him pointing out something made me realize that it's not just a... You can assume people will agree with you topic of racism and the role the United States government has held in perpetuating racism on a day to day basis. M merely as insinuating that this country has disadvantaged people of color 
makes other people angry is an a crazy thing to think about. And that's what I learned in 2016. Talking about the fact that America is directly at fault for allowing, purporting, and never fixing legal racism and its ramifications made people mad. Just saying, yeah, America America did this. The police did this. Your your congressperson did this. Makes them mad. I just don't get it. I there I I'll never love America that much. The only way I could love America is if no matter where I went because someone said so, like some politician said so. Wherever I went, I got free everything and I'd still hate it. <laughs> Because I want everyone to have free everything. You know? There's nothing they can do. But then I thought about it. Well, duh. Theo. Unbothered white people don't have the chip on your shoulder. On their shoulder like you do. There is no past oppression for them to have gone through. They don't deal with it there is no uniting force like like racism for black americans like for asian americans like for hispanic americans like there have been for black for white americans white americans do not have that they do not have this natural distrust of the country from a human rights perspective. And me understanding that that actually makes a difference in how we think it was an epiphany. I, my head was spinning. Shared trauma can do a lot of things. And Understanding that someone not going through what what they could have gone through had they been black, Asian, Hispanic is crazy. If you think of it like this, what's like the uh, what's the hardest thing you deal with racism? How would your life be easier? Get rid of it. How would you get rid of it? Oh, I have a list. For someone who doesn't go through racism, what's that thing? What is the hardest thing they go through? Especially, like, I mean, let's just talk about it from a completely transparent perspective. If you're a white man, what is the hardest thing you go through? Systemically. What is it? Because if you're, I mean, to put it this way, if we start out this, if we start out in the same, like, area, like, if I'm Baltimore County, he, he's Baltimore County, I'm going to go through some more. I'm going to go through naturally more things. There's no profiling involved for him. There's no economic discrimination that's based on race as a subsection of class or a Venn diagram of class. I don't know how you describe it. A fusion dance of class. Let's do it that way. Because that doesn't happen. Right? There's no, there's no educational discrimination. I mean, obviously, people will push back. Oh, but affirmative action. Oh, please. Please, please. My grades are great. I don't want to hear it. Anyway. What is it? What is the thing that almost, I mean, does it put me in fight or flight mode all the time? If the situation calls for it, yeah. I I can list several discriminatory actions taken against me in my life because of just the way I look, things said to me, um, assumptions made about me because I look the way I look, right? Those things unite black people. It makes you not like where you are. What is that for other people? And then I learned that since that's not it, since that foundational premise is not there that 
if I were to walk in a room and he were to walk in a room, things would be different on an average scale. That if I were to back up, <laughs> if I were to go back in time, my the my ability to do things would actually go away. For him, it'd be the same. 100% of all opportunities are still available. For me, it's less and less and less and less as you go back in time. And that those shared negative experiences with black people coming from not only us, but my parents, uh, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, passing those things down to me, I cannot just simply be unbothered and love America. It does not love me. But I pay taxes. <laughs> but I pay taxes. You know what I mean? I think that's why you can love it so much. If it never hurts you, you can love something, can't you? If it never hurts you. But the systems in place hurt me. The systems in place will hurt my children. I'll do my best to make it not hurt my children. But the systems in place do that. But if I were to live a place where I was never discriminated against, what? If I was equal, had equal opportunity to everything I wanted as my white male counterparts, sure. How am I to say no to that? <laughs> what? Couldn't even imagine. What is that? What, what, what would that place be called? Minecraft? I guess, right? Minecraft, The Sims. It can't be real. It can't be real. Let's talk about something else. Close, close the book on racism. For the final thought. Final, final closing thoughts. I think this was a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar quote. And I'm going to paraphrase it. You can't see all the dust in your room until direct sunlight hits it. You ever notice that? You you get some direct sunlight and you're driving, you see all like the dust on the on like the dashboard of your car or in your room. You're like, "Whoa. Don't want to breathe that in." But you don't notice it when it's raining or when it's dark. You don't see it. We got to see racism as a construct and racism as a debate topic in 2015, 16, 20, and 21. Right now, the main afflicted group is the Asian community. I will do everything it takes to be there for for them as an ally, as a, as an advocate, whatever it takes, because I could not even tell you the lowest of lows I was in, I was in when it's, you know, black Americans and the treatment we get. For anyone listening who is seeing and diligent enough to understand what's going on with the Asian community, it's very straightforward. For me, as a, I guess, uh, representative of the black community who will have a half Filipino wife and have a and have Filipino children, all of that. This is a an us versus racism thing. Straightforward. It's not a black versus white, not a black versus Asian, nothing like that. It's never anything like that. It's us versus racism. If you choose not to fight wholeheartedly against racism, you're not on my side. That's it. That's it. Let's talk about life. A life reflection. So what what's going on just in a year? I did a I did a year end reflection episode in like December, yeah, December, January, I don't know. Where I summarize all 2020, but I have some I have some new ones. I mentioned this in my very first ever episode, but I'm gonna mention it again. I'm I am I was born in '97, 
And I remember growing up that there was this huge distinction, especially like when you're 18, 19, 20 years old. What are you? What are you? Are you Gen Z? Are you millennial? You know what I'm saying? What are you? I kept being told that the cutoff was 96. So I would be Gen Z. But back then, Gen Z didn't have much of an identity, especially when I was 16. That, that meant I was in cho- I would be the leading charge of whoever's Gen Z. That's what that meant, right? Now, Gen Z is fully awoken, fully, fully formed out of the iceberg, you could say. The, in this analogy, uh, Appa, out of the iceberg, iceberg, out of, Appa is, the, is TikTok and carries Gen Z all the way through its majesty, right? So I've learned that I wholeheartedly love being Gen Z. <laughs> That's, that, that was my takeaway in the past year. I love it. It is amazing. It is so much fun being Gen Z. Want to know why? Because the millennials are, get this right, get the, here's my quote, here's my official quote, in case, they, in case the feds ever come. Millennials are weird. They're just weird. I, 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 it, it's coming to me every, every, in waves. They're weird. Gen Z is weird, but in a funny way. Millennials are just angsty. Like what? Harry Potter this, Harry Potter that, Huffle Snuff, stop. Christ. Like, <laughs> stop it. All right? It's just so bad. And trust me, I understand. There's, I, I am the boomer zoomer. That's what, that's exactly right. I am the oldest Gen Z maybe on earth. Like if you were born in 97, you're the oldest set of Gen Z out there, right? Boomer, Zoomer, I claim it. I, and trust me, there's some things I don't get that they do. It like the 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 link. It's the this for me. I'll never say that shit. No, stop it, stop it. I'll never say that shit either. Okay, I get it. No, I, I trust. I shall not ever do that. Okay, uh, <laughs> it will not happen. The, um, there's a lot that. Uh, that both gens do that I don't agree with and I don't find myself fitting into. But if I had to pick to be older or younger, I'm picking to be younger every single time. You understand I was a 19-year-old, a 19-year-old doing taxes. There's nothing older than that, all right? I'm going to claim my, I'm a claim my youth, okay? I'm going to claim it. Gen Z for life. Um. <laughs> oh, another thing. There's this whole debate about whether you're a 90s kid or not, because now all the quote unquote people born in 1990 are at least 21 now. Um, yeah, everyone who was born over the year that was in the, everyone who was born before the year 2000 is at least 21, will be at least be 21 by the end of this year. So the, the, the discussion now is like, are you a 90s kid or not? And to which I will say, no, I was not. And I never pretended to be. Um, I was a 2000s kid. I was a 90s baby. Like, for example, my memory started to form in the year 2000. So I don't remember really anything that happened before then. Sorry to be a 90s kid if you're not embracing what's happening in the 90s. If you can't even remember it. You know what I mean? Like the first few things I remember just as a, just in general, like the, the, the 2001 NBA finals was is one of the very first things I remember. I remember Michael Jordan being a wizard, like a Washington wizard. That's what I remember, you know? Um, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, Hannah Montana, Kids Next Door, Foster's Home, Ed, Ed and Eddie. SpongeBob, like SpongeBob is literally the exact duration of my life, I think. I think the first episode of SpongeBob came out in 98 or 99. So that's a 2000s kid show. And that's what I am. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender, probably the greatest show ever. I'm down to say that. Like The Wire, the first six seasons of Game of Thrones, Avatar The Last Airbender. All in that S plus tier, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you know, like that's really where I fit 
in. Beyblades, yeah. I was late to the Pokemon craze. Like, if I really think about it, the very first Pokemon game that came out that I can remember, like, hitting the shelves was Ruby and Sapphire. That's, like, the games that came out right when I was, like, young, right? I did have a Game Boy Color, but, like, Gold, Silver, and Crystal came out in, like, 99 or 2000 or something like that so i didn't have nearly enough understanding of what was going on in life when i was three to you know play pokemon other than gather a typhlosion and worry about nothing else because that's just not how things work um so yeah i'm a 2000s kid and i'm completely okay with that like that's just how things are i I'm too young now. Like, for example, I was a... I'm too old now for some of the new things. Like, I remember I was a camp counselor at one point in time. And the kids... I was 21, 22. And the kids were 12 and 13. And they were talking about Roblox, right? And I was like, what is that? Is that Minecraft? And they're like, what? And I'm like, what do you mean, what? And then... um if I'm not mistaken, Roblox just, like, IPO'd or something like that. Like, and that's my full, complete, and total understanding of Roblox because they IPO'd. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just so funny that that's how I think about it, you know? Um, I don't... I watched one YouTube video of, like, these streamers' wifey watches playing it. And I was like, oh, I, I kind of get what's going on. But I still don't really get it at all. It's like it like like the what the way they were playing it looked like GTA with Minecraft characters. Now I'm like, this is crazy. But hey, it is what it is. Um, excuse me, just burped. Dang. Shout out coconut water. Oh, one thing to add. I love coconut water now. Uh, this is by B A I, antioxidant cocoa fusion. 10 calories per body per bottle molokai coconut fire um <laughs> let's see let's see oh and one more thing about life just in general total life before i specify something um i still do not like astrology i cannot stand it think of it this way i gave it an attempt i i tried there was an attempt I am an Aries born on a full moon. So, like, I'm, like, the avatar of the Aries. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get the strongest attributes of everything about us. You know what I'm saying? And I learned that, some like, me being an Aries has something to do with, like, why I'm just so competitive over the dumbest things or why I need to be right literally all the time. But I just can't handle other people. Like, other people and their fascination with some space rocks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it got so bad. Here's It got so bad that I muted my own astrological sign on Twitter. I couldn't take it. Like, people were trying to decide if March Aries or April Aries were better. And I was just like, no, I'm not going. I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> like, I muted half of the other signs last year. Um, and this week was the final straw. I saw a tweet trying to explain the Qua the Quavo Saweetie altercation. Truthfully, Quavo assaulted her, but that's another serious discussion for another day. But they explained it by describing each of their placements to further. I, I had seen enough. Like, what does Quavo's what have to do with the fact that he just what he assaulted her that's the that's that's it and i saw that tweet and i was like it's streets is done all right like i understand if you're using space rocks to further understand yourself especially if you've never had a, a good habit of deep introspection i get it but being annoying about it on the timeline and projecting it into other people nah Nah, <laughs> like, oh my God, we can't, oh, pff, your rising is a, is a, is, is a scorpion. <laughs> Looks like we can't be friends. <laughs> I'm just like, stop. You're a whole ass adult. Some rocks, 16 
million light years away should not tell you, should not determine how you're going to interact as a human being. God. Like, oh my God, I'm just in such a bad mood. I heard that Pluto is in retrograde all week long. I just can't ha- Stop it. Drink some tea. Get it. Take a nap. Go outside. Touch some grass and get it together. God. Anyway. <laughs> Next topic. God, space rocks, yo. Like, come on. Who came up with this? Space rocks, man. Y'all are like, yep, this v- Venus will determine my mood today. What? Eat some fruit. Maybe that'll determine your mood. All right. God. <sighs> anyway. Next topic. <laughs> COVID. COVID-19. So, um... My opinion on COVID, now we're, we're a year removed of it. It's hard, man. I think of it this way. I have never, I've never had more ability to sleep in my entire life. Of all of the bad dreams I've had, of all like the dreams where I'm like, what is going on? Or I don't like how I feel when I wake up. 99% of them involve COVID. Like, they, it makes me anxious because I live with an 80-something-year-old grandmother. I know her actual age, but an 80-something-year-old grandmother, a 60-something-year-old diabetic father, and a 50-plus-year-old mother who works in senior care facilities, right? I get nervous and anxious for them. It's not about me. It's about them. And watching people on the timeline in 4K, in 60, in Nintendo 64K, go out to bars and clubs, you're never going to see me again. I hope you realize that. You're never going to see me again. If you set foot in a club at all since March 17th, 2020, I hope you don't, If and you're not vaccinated, I hope you can understand that we're not cool anymore. Just saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. <laughs> Restaurant, I'll, I'll allow it. Gym, I'll allow it. You you, you got to stay in shape, right? A club, please. Your personality is tied to the clubs, bro. Read a book. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Please. Um, It's just messing with me. I follow the, I, I follow the Maryland, like, health department Twitter. So the, I, every day I know how many cases there are. I know it every day. I've known it every day since this time last year and earlier, right? Um, I just, I just, until I get vaccinated, I'm going to check. And when I get vaccinated, I might check every other day, like the weather. Like I'm going to check how many COVID cases there are. Like it's the weather, you know, I need to know. I'll always need to know. My grandmother is getting fully vaccinated in like a week. I'll still check every day, if not every other day. It just bothers me that much. Um, I just remember when the state of Maryland said, like, yeah, basically we're open again. And everyone said, finally. What? It's not safe all because it's open. <laughs> it, <laughs> all because a building is on fire. And then the fire all, and the fire marshals, like, you can go in. Are you going to go in? Ugh, people. Anyway, I uh, want to say this covid uh i did a like i did an episode where i was really unhappy it's called life is hard check it out don't check it out i'm just saying you can if you want and i was being very transparent about my emotional state that's the last bad day i've had in a really long time was that day i recorded that so we're chilling um but i was like hey people have bad days and i've never come on here saying i've had a bad day so i'm going to show you my bad day and during that process i said that yeah um, at the rate we're going, I'm not going to get vaccinated until November. Like, I meant November of this year, like 2021. Well, well, that's not the case anymore because the governor said, yeah, you can get, you can register today. So I was like, on God, 
I can register to get vaccinated today. And he was like, on God. And I was like, okay, so I'm getting vaccinated. Yay. I'm getting vaccinated. I was like, dang, that's kind of cool for real. So it won't be November. I'll be fully vaccinated in like a couple weeks. So put that, put the Fauci ouchie on me. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag Fauci ouchie. You know what I mean? But hey, I'm gonna get stimmied up. Bank account stimulated, immune system stimulated. So, hey, uh, let's talk about the Suez Canal. It kind of ties in with COVID. Let's talk about the Suez Canal. So a gigantic ship that apparently is the, the length of the Empire State Building or something like that, which is crazy. That's not factual. I didn't check it up, but I heard. I heard that it, it got stuck sideways, right? It just com- parallel double parked that, you know what I'm saying? Like, shit. And um, it got stuck. And I heard that it, it kind of tied in with COVID because someone, like, I was listening to this podcast. So, by the way, funniest podcast you'll ever listen to is called the Jenkins and Jones podcast. I'm just going to put that out there. I have yet to shout it out. It's the funniest podcast podcast ever i laugh every single time i'm uncontrollably laughing every single time it's so funny they were talking about the bubonic plague and they said that because back then they thought because you know when you you know like when people say bless you they think you're gonna die it's because of the the black plague right so they were saying that because people thought illnesses back then were curses for bad behavior that they didn't have modern medicine or anything. So the only way that people survived the Black Plague was quarantining. Right? Isn't that crazy? They said that in Europe, what they would do is they would have the people coming in, bringing shipments in, stay on their boats for 40 days before they unloaded them and then leave, right? Apparently, the Latin word for quarantine means 40 days, which is wild. Like, because Quora, you know, four, and then teens, like 10. So it's called quarantine because it's 40 days. And my head just exploded. I was like, what? No way. But it's true. That's, that's, that's where quarantine came from. Because it literally saved all of the remainder of humanity, Attack on Titan style, like the remainder of humanity um, in Europe. Because they made people stay on their ships for 40 days. And that's the only way they defeated the Black Plague. Well, after it completely killed all of them. But you know what I mean. The remaining people. And I'm just like, man. That is a crazy, crazy fact. So quarantining saved people from the worst thing ever. And yet we're 2000, I mean, we're like 800 years later with modern medicine and nope, people still want to go to bars. Like who, you're trying to kiss a stranger in a pandemic? Oh my. You're trying to drink after somebody in a pandemic? Anyway, let's let's just close. Uh, eh, close, yeah, let's close. So, I haven't um, really said this yet in this episode, but I'm 24 years old now. My birthday was a little bit ago, March 23rd. This is it is currently April 2nd, so my birthday was last week. I'm 24, make and that's hence why I was saying I'm a boomer zoomer. Right, I am a 24-year-old Gen Z. I'm in the oldest bracket. I'm also in the 1% for the first time in my life because I'm in the 1% of people to have two quarantine birthdays. I counted as four. Uh, so March 17th was the day I came home. I keep playing with my coconut water because I want to drink it. Um <laughs> But my first, the my day, first day of quarantine, March seventeenth. My birthday is March twenty third. So if you do the math, it's three days. It's six days later. So three divided by three sixty five is like point zero one six. So I'm just gonna round down for the purposes of flexing and say I'm in the first one percent of people to have two quarantine birthdays. 
Like, it's crazy. 1%. To have two of them, two quarantine birthdays. That isn't even, like, what? It's already been a year. And I'm 24. Uh, so, as is customary, I got to do a 24-year-old man. I'm old now. I'm in my mid-20s. And that sentence kind of shakes me. I'm in my mid-20s. <laughs> I mean, I do taxes, so this is all new. My knees gave up when I was like 19, so it is what it is, right? Some things I've learned, some reflections. This is a 24-year-old reflection. My first podcast episode since 20, turning 24, my first reflection out loud for the people. This year, I found out what I really like. Just what I really like about anything. I really like anime. <laughs> I in the in this year, is it since my last birthday, started and finished like Hunter Hunter, My Hero, Jujutsu Kaisen, Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, and, and like watching Pokemon and Naruto, and it's just been fun. I really really enjoy it. What else do I like? I really like basketball. I knew that, but I didn't know that to the extent that I found out now. My knowledge of the game of basketball is like a set. Like if you're saying if you're putting like Greg Popovich at a ten, I'm at like a seven. Now, if you're saying some guy at a bar is like a six, then I'm at a ten. Like I I I know too much now. I I know way too much. Um, my basketball abilities like peaked at like 1920 and now like 1920 years old not the year 1920 <laughs> good lord but <laughs> old old as hell um but i was like 19 or 20 when i was really good well better than i've ever been and then now i'm 24 and eh, i golf you know what i'm saying it's all about golf now um and just like the stuff i know i i could do a whole episode just detailing everything i know about basketball and it would be really really nerdy but just think of it this way right since this since our last episode i talked about march madness with my cousin and i talked about like the upsets and stuff and drexel played illinois and illinois lost in the in the next game after drexel which makes me think wow what if we actually beat them right that would be crazy right i watched illinois play drexel and the it, like the the grade A like the basic level of understanding is wow, Illinois is just a better team, right? The grade two understanding is Illinois players are bigger and faster than our players, giving them an advantage on both ends of the floor. And then there's my understanding, and if you want to just skip until I start talking about. The next thing, which will be video games and stuff, please skip the nerding out I'm about to do. But if you want to learn something very, very high level about why Drexel lost to Illinois, I am about to tell you. Okay, here's what happened. In that game, not only did Illinois have more points in the paint by like eight minutes left in the second half than we had total points, they were executing the high pick and roll perfectly and we couldn't do it here's the breakdown right if you want to if you if you stayed and you want to know i'll i'll go as slowly as possible right the concept of a high pick and roll is simple there's a guy he's usually smaller who's going to get a screen to get his defender out of the way so that the bigger guy has to make a decision in the paint on what he's going to do so you're trying to get your guard going downhill and a high pick and roll. So a regular pick and roll would usually start below the three-point line. A high pick and roll starts way out, usually at the three-point line, so the guard can make a decision and pull up for a three if they want to, or slitherin, not not slitherin, but slith like snake his way into the mid-range and make the make the defense shift right. So. The concept is get the smaller defender trailing behind you and make the bigger defender, who's probably either 11 or 15 feet from the basket in this scenario, 
make a decision on whether to try and contest your three or stop your layup. Generally, what happens is if you are a really good shooter, really good ball handler, all that, you're going to understand that they're either trying to sell out to stop you from making the three or or sag off because they want you to take the mid range and try and stop your layup. Right. So our former CAA freshman of the year, Cameron Winter, he James, James Butler comes up on the high screen. He usually went left. Right. He usually goes left, and generally, if you're a big enough body, or the guy you're, or the guard that's getting screened is, you know, a smaller body or just an average athlete, they won't be able to get back into the play to defend the ball handler, right? But not only was Illinois, his name is Coburn, right? Not only was Illinois' big dude really good at contesting mid-range jump shots, but Desomu, who was Illinois' guard, he was really fast. <laughs> and James Butler, I mean, he's a big dude, but he wasn't bigger than Desomu or the dudes they play in the Big Ten to, you know, uh, go, like, to be a big enough body to set a good enough screen, right? So Desomu would literally, he would fly past the screen and just contest the shot. So the guard can still guard our guard. That does a lot of words. The guy who was getting screened is still contesting the shot. That's not what's supposed to happen. So that makes it so that there's no advantage given on the pick and roll. Coburn's like seven feet tall. Cameron Winter's like 6'2", 6'3". So him, like, no, there's no one out there who's really in the D1 level taking a layup to the body of a seven-footer. It's not going to happen, let alone someone from Drexel. It's just facts, right? So basically, they were blowing up our high pick and roll, right, on the other end. And so we couldn't score using the most efficient scoring tool other than a layup. We couldn't do it, right? On the other end, they would run the high pick and roll on us, but their big man was so big, he would set a screen that Cameron literally could never get around. It looked like he was trying to run around the side of a bus, I'm just like, damn. <laughs> so a uh, Big Ten player of the year, Desomu, is just navigating his way into the paint. And like, here's James Butler, who's food. Our big dude was food for Desomu. And I'm just like, I hate this. I hate this. So literally every time that pick would come, Cameron could not get around that, John. And Desomu would just pull up for a mid-range or Hezzy pull up for the or go into the layup. He would kick it out for a three. When they would overhelp, they were killing us. They were killing us. Now, considering I've now literally thoroughly talked about basketball as high of a level as you possibly could, because that's a good enough sample for me today. Let's talk about video games. <laughs> video games, video games, video games. If you ever skipped ahead and you were listening now, we're talking about video games, right? I've tried some new games this year. 24 years old. I've tried some new games. I love Stardew Valley. I love Stardew Valley. It's so good. It's so much fun. It's such a good game, right? Allie and I play it together. We obviously, one of the things you can do is marry the villagers in Stardew Valley, which we're not going to do because we're playing together. But it is so much fun. I love it. There's very few games I've enjoyed to the extent of Stardew Valley. Like she was like, hey, babe, I want to play this game. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, I've heard of this, but I don't know what I'm doing. And then we just started playing and I'm like, I want to play every day. I don't want to go to work. I just want to play. Like it's, I've, there's very few games where I've been as locked in into like, I want to play and I do not care about anything else that happens. I want to play this game. And that was one of them. It was so good. It was so much fun. I literally love it so much. Um, let's talk about Valorant. I suck. That's how it is. I suck at Valorant. Now, is my laptop old? Yes. Is it a gaming PC? No. So, obviously, that's going to have some issues. I would still suck no matter what. My first ever PC game that I ever played that wasn't like an arcade game was Valorant. So, I'm used to playing COD and stuff. I'm terrible. WASD was a whole new way of life for me. <laughs> and I'm so bad at it. Uh, and the hard part is, like, it's so long. 
Like, even if you get, like, stomped, it's like a 30-minute game. You're, you're just going to play for 30 minutes just to be unhappy the entire time. It's so frustrating. I don't have anyone to play with because my rank is too low to play with anybody. And on top of that, when you suck, everyone's just toxic. So I'm, like, out here going, like, 5 and 12, and everyone's clowning me. And I'm like, yep, I know. I'm terrible, and I'm trying to get better. But they don't want to help me get better because I'm bad. So it's just like, ugh. So bad. Um, branching off, I love esports. I need to reach out to my old professor so I can get him on an episode so we can talk about it. I love esports so much. So much, so much. Favorite company in the world is called 100 Thieves. Esports company, lifestyle company, gaming company. Love them. I love esports. I literally went from on March 18th knowing nothing about League of Legends to on March 20th knowing everything. <laughs> I needed to about competitive League of Legends. It was amazing. I literally just watched it every day. Like just uh, documentaries and past world championships. And I was just so ready to learn. You know what I mean? I was so excited. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Yeah, esports. Go esports. Go esports. Um, it helps me It helps me not get as hurt when the Cowboys go 8-8 eight and eight again. Because it just hurts every time that happens. Um... What else? What else? Oh, another thing at 24. I found out my social battery has a limit. <laughs> like my job, we're talking about going back to work, right? And they asked, how often do you want to go to work? And I said, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Like, obviously, you know, like eventually we're going to have to. But literally, I'm thinking to myself, if I can go for every five day stretch, two days in the office and three days at home, that's perfectly fine. Cause I mean, what do I, I don't go to work to hang out. It's work. That's why it's called work. You know what I mean? Like, can I talk someone's head off? Yeah, I have a podcast. Of course I can talk someone's head off, but like, why go to work? I'm just as efficient at the crib. So I might as well just save on the commute time, protect the environment, no gas, like stop using as much gas and stuff like that, cook more at home, all that, right? There's no point to me, but I don't get to make the decision. <laughs> it's not on me. Um, but yeah, man, 24, I'm 24. Year 23 was wild. <laughs> I was just at home all the time, but I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about just my habits and just ways to improve individually. Um, I learned I can be creative. Like I made a podcast, you know, I don't even know what the number episode this is. Cause I stopped numbering them on purpose because I would forget eventually. And here I am already forgot, but Hey, I mean, one day I, I remember one day back to like the whole content creation thing and how you just never know how it's going to add up. I remember, uh, I took a class. It was called D digital media one-on-one and I'm a, I'm a, I'm an accountant. Like, what do I need to know about digital media? Like, if you're in marketing, I get it. But I'm in, I'm in, I do taxes. Just take some Excel classes, man. But I took a class, Digital Media 101, and they showed basically how to work in the Adobe suite. So a little bit of Lightroom, a little bit of Photoshop, a little bit of Illustrator, right? And it was so nice. Like, I learned a lot, right? And then I realized, like, how am I going to apply this? And then, boom, all of a sudden, made a logo for my podcast. I made like Ryan's, uh, like if you saw it on Instagram, I had a picture of Ryan in the, like the backdrop of the episode. And I was like, hey, I think I can, uh, a little, I can be a little slick with it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But, um, you know, it's fun sometimes. And, you know, I had a lot of fun doing that. And, uh, yeah, so I, I can, you can do it. You know what I mean? Like if I can, if I can do it, you can do it for real. I uh, want to leave on some quotes that I found and just like why I do reflections in the first place. So, so I heard this one quote, kind of paraphrasing a healthy man wants a thousand things. A sick man wants one. And that just hit me. Like I, we're so like, we're focused on so many unnecessary things. Just like, I've been trying to really like, narrow it down how, how's my family how's my girlfriend how's her family how's my health and that's really it man it's like focus on focus on what what's really going to be there long term 
make you only got one life make make sure you're healthy make sure you're feeling okay make sure your mental is good make sure your physical is good and go from there um there's this quote i still haven't seen the movie but i heard the quote from the movie there's like a scene in it there's a fish who's in the ocean and he was like he was looking no he was a fish yeah he was a fish in the ocean and wanted to get to the ocean he didn't understand he was in it and he said i'm in i want the ocean someone and they're like you're in it and he was like no 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 this is water i want the ocean and i was like huh look at that sometimes you just don't know you're in a good situation do i have a roof over my head yep as are any of my family members sick? Nope. Do I have a job? Yep. Do I have friends? Yep. Relationship? Yep. I got it. I got it all, man. Like, just being grateful for what's going on, just for, you know, my health, just thinking about all the things that I need in my life and trying to eliminate all the things that are negative and all that. You you live a better life and just understanding where, where to put your priorities and priorities <laughs> where to put your priorities in um wh- where you can find happiness is it's so much simpler than you think but i mean it's so it's so much more complex but you can make it really simple and focusing on the right things has helped me a lot just with my mental and uh you know just taking sh- you know steps day by day and you know there's light at the end of the tunnel sometimes like i in december i did not think there was I'm gonna keep it a thousand with you. Now I'm in April. I'm a little older, a little got a little, a little more pep in my step. No, I don't. I sit at my house all day. But uh, you know, just finding things to be happy about, and you know, it's a little nicer outside. You know, what I'm saying the weather looking a little. Short. But yeah, I I'm really thankful for having a podcast because sometimes it it literally makes me stop and think about what happened this week or now every two weeks. It makes me think about it. What did I do? What, 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 how did I feel? And looking, like listening to the other ones, it makes me remember like, yeah, you did listen. You watched this show then. You liked this song then. I remember you, uh, you, this was on, this was funny on Twitter. You know what I mean? Just being able to appreciate what's going on because time is flying for a, like, I, I, I no, I no longer feel like college was like really recently because it's not. You know, like it's been a year, but this year feels like forever. I kept saying it last year, like, oh man, like even though I was in July, like, man, I was just in college, man. I was just in college. I don't feel like that anymore. I'm tired. It's time to make a, it's time to think about family, you know what I mean? But just understand that you, you get one life and do, do with it what you want, but make sure, make sure you understand what that means. It doesn't, no do-overs, no trying again. You're not going to be 21 again. I'm, I'm old, you know? So I've just been trying to be thankful for everything that I have. So, you know, I hope that me talking about it can also help somebody else can also, you know, just influence how you think about yourselves. Because if I know you, I feel like we're we're all in good positions and I feel like there's always something to be thankful for. So to close. Wow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully we got another year in us. I don't know. I don't know if I'm about to take another hiatus. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? The weather looking a little bussin' bussin', you know? But, hey, thank you for tuning in. I really much appreciate it. Very much appreciate it. About to go cop some food. Hope you all have a wonderful day, night, weekend, and I'll catch you all next time.